Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. And then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 73 of Podcast Rewind. I am one of your hosts, Erica Jarvis, with me as always, Amy Randolph. What's going on, lady? Nothing. I'm very happy to see you. I am so happy to see you. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, we took a little um, holiday break last week. Yeah, celebrate America. Celebrate not podcasting. I was free to not podcast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's what America is all about. Freedom. Bitches. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah, so guys, we took off last week. I mean... I went home for a couple of days uh-huh. to see my family. I had cousins in town, so we drank, I would say, bare bones, one case of wine, Good a for you. couple cases of beer, 30 minutes in the pool. It would not stop raining. Bums. Such a bummer, but it was such a crazy week. We were like, you know what? It's the fourth. Everyone's taking it off for work. We'll take it off for the podcast. Yeah, you know, I took a long weekend from work. I had mm-hmm. five days off. Oh, it was yeah. delightful. Mom was in town, so, you know, we went to the mall, we had a drink, we hung out. It was an excellent midsummer breather. Did you see any fireworks? I saw zero. Same. I heard, you know, <laughs> local fireworks yes. going off, but uh, look, not to be all bougie or shitty about it, but I, I can see fireworks whenever the fuck I want to in yes. Orlando. So I just would really prefer the 4th of July to me and New Year's Eve, like get me away from the people and the fireworks. I have zero desire to go out and see a fireworks spectacular Mm -hmm. when like literally I get paid to more often than I care to see them. And I know that sounds terrible. I know it sounds terrible, um, but that's, that's my life. I was really bummed where my parents live in St. Augustine is the World Golf Village and every August... July 3rd, they would do a big show, and this sure. year, they didn't. And I was like, oh, come back. I'm finally home, y'all. Because you can see them from my parents' backyard. Well, budget cuts. We budget are the, cuts. We are on the verge of a bubble bust. It's the fourth quarter. We've got to be careful with <laughs> our funding. Yeah. And so um, people in the surrounding area were just doing their own fireworks, and one of my cousins and her wife got up to leave. My Our family was like, where are you going? They're like, we want to go find fireworks. And we were like, no, they're yeah. downtown. There are none here. And they, like, pointed to the sky. And my mom was like, that's that's someone's backyard. And they were like, well, we're going to go find them. And my mom was like, they Godspeed. The, they bought them on the side of the highway illegally. Right? My mom was Good like, look at that. Okay. Don't blow your Bye. head off. Right. <laughs> One year, my parents and all their friends and my cousin and her husband who live in Puerto Rico bought a bunch of fireworks. Because I think the rule is, like, you can buy fireworks, but you have to have an out-of-state license. Or some weird rule. Yeah. It's so like, they had yeah, a Puerto Rico license. Every and they bought different. a ton of fireworks. Bully had the cops called on them. I mean, they were setting shit off. And I was like, no, oh, my God, do you guys have a pyro card? You know, <laughs> what was your safety like? Because we know 
so many fireworks people here. It is just so funny. Do you know, like, this might be a fun fact for the podcast Rewinders. I am certified by, um, what is it, the ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Administration. (laughs) I have an actual uh, pyro... Card? Card, yeah. I have a credential. Which is so crazy that Mm -hmm. I know you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you can, like, approve... I, I can't. I'm, I'm certified to supervise other people loading and setting them off. Okay. Um, I, I don't have the certification where I can actually load or handle them. I can certainly fucking tell you what's safe and what's not. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually have taken the classes and I'm certified. It's part of my job. That's, I mean, fun fact for everybody. Yeah. I don't have any cool fun facts like that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm sure you do, but, you know, 4th of July-wise, this is also why, like, fireworks don't impress me because yeah. I, I worked with them on a daily basis for years. Right. Like, guys, if you want to see a fireworks show, mm-hmm. come to Disney. Yeah. No, I, I can show you one of those. <laughs> right. All right. So what's always a good idea when dealing with pyrotechnics is, of course, to have alcohol in your hand. Yep. Lies, by the way. That's no, not do that. safe. Yay! But I am introducing <laughs> drink of the week. Yes. What do you have, me? I am having a Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. Oyster Bay. I had to you think love- about it for a hot second. I was about to jump in and help you because oh I knew God. what you were drinking. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I, I you, was boo. listening to a Taylor Swift podcast. Oh, my God. Erica Lee Torres. I'm so sorry, you guys. But, like, oh, so much drama happened with her lately. And I was listening to a podcast we talked about once before called Be There in Five. Yeah. And this girl has, like, really cool um, merchandise like doormats when you're leaving that say like turn off your straightener or you can leave yourself really funny reminders and she was like she's like a marketing guru and she was like listen Taylor Swift needs to get into the wine space because I would most certainly drink a Sauvignon Blanc like Blanc space instead of like blank space (laughs) yeah that's good and I was like oh that's good that sounds really good but this is Oyster Bay it's delicioso Amy what are you drinking Sorry, I had I had a silent burp there for a second. Um, because I am drinking beer, I'm drinking Sierra Nevada. We're gonna make ale. so many boyfriends off of this episode. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Wait and see. <laughs> um, so I was buying this at our local Seven Eleven tonight. Yeah, I'm as we home. have frequented in the past for this show specifically, for sure. Their beer selection tonight was real kind of like sad. I used to get like a great sour there every now and yeah. then. You know, I almost got Victory Brewing Company's Golden Monkey. Nope, hate it after a while. It's so banana-y. Well, it is too banana-y, but I was like, oh, you know, a nice crisp pale might be good. Or that's a golden ale, actually. Yeah. But it's 9.5%. Fuck. And mama has to work in the morning. <laughs> Does she? So. <laughs> <laughs> Things are a little slow. You guys, the week after a holiday is hard. It's so hard to work. <laughs> Tomorrow's Thursday. I should be in the groove. Somehow still not. But anyway, so I settled for the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. But I also, though, grabbed a bottle of wine, of Pinot Grigio, on my way up to the counter just to have around the house. Yeah. And um, it's like 7-Eleven has, like, you know, their kind of, like, idea of a two-buck chuck. It's only, it's like $4. Everybody has, like, the same wine with a slapped on a different label. Exactly. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. It's yeah. super palatable. It's not something I would serve to guests. Oh, God, no. By any you means. But with it. I, well, and I also, I just like to have a bottle around for sure. it's like, ah, oh, you know, I just want something to drink on. Yeah. So anyway, I have this, like, $4 bottle of wine in my hand, and I get up to the counter, and this girl who, like, 
she's a young thing. She probably learned to drink last week, um, is ringing me out. And she scans my bottle of wine and she shouts out, whoa, this is really cheap wine. Amy. (laughs) And so I just kind of joked and I said, oh, yeah, thanks for announcing that Uh to the store. And she goes, oh, I don't have a problem with cheap wine. And then uh, the sweet baby angel says to me, Have you tried Arbor Mist? What? <laughs> With like excitement in her voice. <gasps> oh no, she's new to drinking. Oh, she's so brand new. And I went, oh honey, not since college. And then I hated myself for sounding like an old woman. Oh my god, yes. Like, oh girl, not since college in the 60s. Where <laughs> <laughs> we burned our bras. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, you really aged yourself, Randolph. I, but I mean, the cute way, like her eyes lit up. And when she said, have you tried Arbor Mist? I was like, if I want juice, I put it in my mimosa. I don't drink it. (laughs) My sweet summer child. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't think I drank Arbor Mist in college. I don't think I had it until I really moved down here to Florida. I had a roommate on my college program who loved Arbor Mist. Unironically, but also understood that it was, like, a bad decision. But Mm -hmm. she was like, I'm doing it anyway. I'm going for (laughs) it. Going for it. We used to drink, obviously, Franzia. Oh, yeah. I drink a chillable blush. Franzia in my life. Um, But we've talked so much about Boone's Farm and how Mm -hmm. I still think it looks like dorm decoration where you dropped in a highlighter and, like, turned on your black light because you shouldn't drink beverages that color green. It looks like Ecto Cooler. Yes. Yeah. Or, like... um, Hypnotic. Yes, the blue one blue. looks like hypnotic. No, we definitely drank Boone's Farm in college. We had this, like, I don't know, secret society where we, <laughs> would, we would, like, somebody would bring a bottle of Boone's to every one of my college theater parties. We were those people. Uh, no. And, like, there would be some point in the night we'd all start whispering to each other and, like, there's, like, a really tight group of us that would go down to the basement and stand in a circle and polish off. <laughs> A, a bottle of Boone's Farm. A bottle of juice. We called it the Circle of Boone's. I <laughs> thought it was cool. College was weird, you guys. Guys. Oh, guys. Especially like freshman year when you're learning. I remember one night. How to I, drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember one night in my dorm, I had like a handle of schnapps. Oh, girl, that's dangerous. Uh-huh. Like peach schnapps, obviously. <laughs> Some people drink peppermint schnapps, like True. monsters. Um I think I also had like a fifth of Midori, probably. And there was I there lived in Erie, loco around. No, but I lived in Erie, mm-hmm. so you couldn't get off campus. So you had to go to like the local cafe on campus to get mixers. And I think we basically got like Sunny D or orange juice. Like, what oh, did Jesus. you put with any of this? Little yeah. did I know back then, like sparkling water always. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> like the best mixer. If I didn't know, I would mix Sprite with everything. And then have, like, diabetes in the morning. 100%. And be dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, guys, that's what we're drinking tonight. <laughs> Long story short. Long story short. But most importantly, I think it's time to say, Amy, what are you obsessed with? And I'd be like, why are you so obsessed with me? You know what I'm obsessed with this week, Erica? No. I actually I, really don't. Um, I, I watch a lot of television. You know this. Yeah. I've mentioned it on the podcast before. <laughs> I recently improved my television experience. You guys. <laughs> I, um, I bought a new television for my bedroom. Yep. I like to watch TV in my room. Yeah, know, we all myself do. Without you bothering me. I like to me. eat a meal in bed whilst <laughs> watching a television show. I like to munch a cracker and then wonder why there's crumbs in my bed in the morning and blame my cats. <laughs> and, and no man. <laughs> no, yeah, no, there's definitely no man But involved. a cheese it <laughs> I do love cheese its Honestly, yes. Um, so I bought a new television for my bedroom, and I, I really got a great fucking deal from Target. Yeah. Cash back online, the whole nine. I was so excited. 
didn't measure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, it was a 4th of July sale, so I got a lot of TV for a little money. Yeah. I got, you know, 4K quality. It's HD right everything. There. Yeah, it's got a built-in Roku. So I've got the streaming, Love. smart TV. It's amazing. And I didn't think 43 inches sounded that big <laughs> for my, like, 11 by 12 bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I brought that. First of all, I looked at it in the store because I ordered online and picked uh-huh. up. And I was like, <laughs> oops. <laughs> and I get it home and I put it up in my room. <laughs> it's, it's basically IMAX, you guys, for the size of my bedroom, for the size, the size of the television screen that is in there. Like, Erica says that, like, I'm going to get radiation through my yes. feet. Oh, my God. No, you have a deep tan, and I think it's from your television. <laughs> it is comically large. It's huge. But watching 90 Day Fiance is an entirely new, different experience, and I'm completely obsessed. Amy's like, I can, like, see around the corner in people's homes. I can see into the future through this fucking TV. You called me into your room. You're like, Erica, look what I did. And I walked in. I was like, the fuck, Amy? And my room is much bigger than yours, and I still be like, that TV is too big for my room. It's perfect. I love it. (laughs) Erica, what are you obsessed with? Obsessed with it. You've got a massive IMAX in your bedroom, obviously. <laughs> if you ask nicely, you can watch TV in there. No, I'm good. Then we'd have to cuddle and no, I don't we want would to kill you. each other. No, no. Um, okay. So I um, I got my hair dyed red a couple of months ago, and yes. I shared that on the show. It's true. I am slowly making my way back to blonde, mm-hmm. returning to yes. my homeostasis. I told you so. I know. <laughs> I loved the red on you, but I did always tell you it was temporary. Uh, yeah, and I knew it was going to be. My one friend, Nicole, was like, okay, I'm glad you, you know, are over and done, but the next time you do this, I'm coming down to stop you. And I'm like, oh, that's oh. all it takes? <laughs> I was like, because girl, I'm make an appointment tomorrow. Yeah, you're always asking her to come visit. Oh, right? If only you'd known. Yeah. But I will say what I am actually really obsessed with. When I was home, my one cousin, Kristen, she's the youngest of all of us, and she cracks me up. She's 28, um, lives in Hoboken, but, like, works in the city. She's of New York. Of New York. Well, <laughs> when you're from New York, you just call it the city. I don't. I get confused when people don't understand what I'm talking we about. We have Midwesterners that listen to us. The city. <laughs> New York. It's the city, guys. Okay. So um, she's like a forensics accountant. She's so fucking smart. But she honestly cracks me up. We're having a conversation. Like we're on like our fifth bottle of wine that we're sharing between five women. Fine. And she's telling us how her... Cardinal, like one of her cardinal rules in life is that you should never date a personal trainer. Okay. And we're like, okay. And she's sure. like, that's my number two cardinal rule. Never date a personal trainer. They're always going to like personal train you. Like you can't have a cheat day. Like it's all yeah. going to be crazy. And my mom is like, that's your number two cardinal rule. Like what's number one? And without missing a beat, this bitch goes, moisturize your neck. And I was like, no one expected that, but it's accurate. She's not wrong. She's not, And she's 28 and she knows to moisturize her neck. I wish I had paid attention at 28. Right? So then we're cracking up, and she's like, moisturize your neck. She's going on and on and on about moisturizing your neck, and then continues on to number two, don't date a personal trainer. So I was like, out of curiosity, what's your third cardinal rule? You and know. again, without missing a beat, she's like, when somebody says you're more than welcome to come to a party, don't. You were never invited. You're an afterthought. Don't go. It's sad. I was like, this, you are crashing. You were, I was like, oh my God. She was like, you know how you asked somebody like, what are you up to this weekend? I'm like, oh, actually it's my birthday. My friends are throwing a brunch. Oh, you are more than welcome to come. She's like, you were never invited. You were not You're an invited. afterthought. You're a pity invite. Save yourself the embarrassment. Stay home. You are B-list. And I was like, this bitch, 28, 
I think yet. I'm still learning these things. Well, now she told you, so you've learned them I've now. I've learned them now. Now put them into practice. Exactly. But I'm like, do I need to ask my 28-year-old cousin on life advice? Sounds that way. Oh. Sounds so. But she was cracking me up, so I loved it. I always moisturize. According to the Skinny Confidential, down to the tits. Just be care- Just constant. Take yeah. everything down to the tits. The, really the moisturize up. Yeah. Men, we're talking to you two. Like, by the yeah. way, it wouldn't hurt you to throw a moisturizer on your face and yeah. just... And, like, if, you're, if your hair grows beyond, like, your chin, yeah. shave your neck and then moisturize it, please. Yes, yeah, please. Everybody be supple like and soft and young-looking. That's mm-hmm. kind of... The most important thing. Yes. But no, I just loved right. this. I'm like, do I need to have cardinal rules for life? Like, I think I need to think about what are my cardinal rules. I think we both should take some time, think about our three cardinal rules, and report back here on the podcast. I love that idea. Okay, great. Awesome. Not like next week, but... No, but look soon, guys. So, let's get into what we're talking about this week. Yeah, let's. Are you ready? I am ready. Um, so, you guys, we're trying a new thing. Uh-huh. We're going to rewind the rewind. We are going to rewind the rewind. Like we mentioned earlier, we took off last week... A lot of shows have seasons or take off for the summer, but we don't want to leave you guys. And things are pretty crazy in our life with work. It's super stressful and busy, but we still love getting on the mic, talking to you about our week, giving you the weather update. Because if you're not here in Orlando, how do you know it's hot and rainy? You need us on the mic. You need the Central Florida Weather Report. We know (laughs) you guys are all dying for it. Nobody has Google up there. Mm -hmm. Um, So for our very first podcast rewind, rewind, rewind. We're going to replay an episode for you guys that we recorded earlier in January of yep. this year that really got some buzz after we oh put it God. up from people we know in real life and from strangers on the internet. Right? So guys, as you can tell by the title card, we're replaying you our Sugar Baby episode. And this mm-hmm. was one of our favorites to not only record, but research. I had so much fun listening to Sugar Baby podcasts, yes. getting ready for that week. It was a blast and a glass. The one thing that we didn't do that we kind of chastise ourselves on this show is that we didn't take it far enough. We didn't actually like Google seekingarrangements.com and no, try didn't. our hand at sugar babying because at our ripe age, we didn't think we'd get any bites. But we did take the quiz where we learned we are not, not sugar, sugar baby material. But that did not mean... We couldn't have tried. We couldn't have tried, and that didn't mean that this didn't open up some kind of Pandora box in our lives. Amy and I, in our 30s, all of a sudden we're getting messages from older guys. 100% offers. Offers, and things that just made us go, huh? Huh? As well as I've gotten, and I think from this show, podcast recommendations from other men that are very sexual in nature. Yes. That I listen to and I report back to these guys who I know and I'm like, whoa, that show is super sexual. Did you, what, what, why did you send that to me? (laughs) So maybe you're a new podcast rewind listener and um, instead of having to go back through the whole catalog this week, we're going to replay for you our sugar baby conversation um, and we're so excited to listen to it again. We hope you guys enjoy. I'm with the sugar babies. We want to talk to you guys today about the world, the mysterious world of sugar babies. And sugar daddies. And their sugar daddies. So we talked about this months ago. You brought up a great podcast, but quickly before we get into that, here's why we're really kind of obsessed. Amy and I have seen this in the wild. We have been out at restaurants. I was just talking to a friend today and said, okay, bear with me, like, 
five years ago, we were at this Turkish restaurant, this side of town. Do you remember, and before I could finish, she's like, the sugar, sugar daughter, baby? sugar baby situation? Yeah. I can't stop thinking about it. I was like, great, me neither. When you see it, you know. Oh, you know. You know immediately what you're looking at. There's, you know, some guy. He could be good looking. Yeah. He could be not good looking. But he's definitely older than his companion. And she may be playing up a good game that she's having a good time. But you know that this is a transactional, situational date. They're not having sparkling conversation. No. They're not laughing until they're crying. You know what's happening. It is fascinating to yeah. watch, and I know exactly what um, establishments in Orlando yes. you're going to see that at. Like, you're not going to see it downtown so much because it's so much more of a party scene. There's, yeah. Sure, there are, like, upscale restaurants and bars where I wouldn't be surprised to see it downtown, but there's a section of Orlando called the Dr. Phillips and or Sand Lake mm-hmm. area that a lot of the more wealthy people in the Central Florida and Orlando area live. Yeah. And also, we have the University of Central Florida, which is actually a really big, you know, Mm -hmm. state public school. And, like, the number of girls putting themselves through school by professionally being sugar babies is, it's very well known that UCF, University of Central Florida, is of, like, the top 10 sugar baby schools in America. Yeah. And so for those of you that don't live in Orlando, we can kind of help you out a little bit here. When Amy talks about Dr. Phillips, it's right around the corner from a lot of top golf courses. Oh, yeah. Isleworth, mainly being one of them. And if that sounds familiar, that's because that's where Tiger Woods used to live Mm -hmm. and that whole debacle years ago when he on an ambient... I guess something and crashed his car at, you know, he was dating many a women in town. That all happened in that side of town because there's so many golf courses here. That's, you know, you're finding these older gentlemen that have a lot of money and they're willing to spend it on a pretty little thing. And that's why we get the joy (laughs) of witnessing it when we're just out for like a quick glass of wine. Now, should we just, like, be kind to any rewinder that maybe isn't aware of what this sugar baby, sugar daddy situation is? So, basically, it's an arrangement. And there are websites out there dedicated to this. One of the biggest ones is SeekingArrangement.com, where men who claim to be of a certain financial stature, Mm -hmm. who are looking for the company of a young woman, sometimes very discreetly, sometimes not so discreetly, um go on and make themselves a profile and then there will be typically a younger woman who also goes on and will claim to be ready to be a sugar baby and so she will typically try to of course have a lot of sex appeal and all those things and so they're on let's say it's seekingarrangement.com so there's men and they have to have you know you have to get verified with your income exactly to really prove you have the ability to spend Quite a lot of money every month. Right. So there's the daddies, and then there's the the younger women, the babies. And through this website, sort of like a dating website, yeah. you would meet up and start to maybe talk offline and create what they call an arrangement. Huh? And typically, it's around an allowance. So the sugar baby, if everything is above board, goes on dates and provides companionship to the sugar daddy. And in return, he pays her an allowance. Yep. And it can happen in lots of different ways. He may buy her gifts. He may pay her bills. Yep. He may do a combination of both. And based on how much money he has and how, you know, 
uh, desirable she may be determined uh-huh. to be. Those fees are negotiable. But the big thing that makes this not prostitution is, of course, they have to say that no sex is being traded for money. Yeah. But, wink, wink, nod, nod, pretty much everybody knows that, I mean, humans, men, there's not not sex happening. Yeah, there's definitely that conversation that happens when you first meet, and we'll go into that. You know, we've listened to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of articles where these women say, of course, it's off, you know, the table immediately, but, you know, that might happen at a later time. However, here's the funny thing. The the term sugar daddy was coined in 1920. Really? That is how old that term is. Is that when they were, like, actually making cane sugar into the granules for the first time? I think they were doing that a little bit prior to the 1920s. I don't know. But, okay, so here's the thing. Brandon Wade is actually the guy that invented or created SinkingArrangements.com in 2006. Okay. So it's really only 12 years old, this website. Mm -hmm. Generally, probably back in the day, it was kind of underground and a little bit more secretive. Now you just can go to a website and be like, hey, I'm 22, trying to pay my college bills. I will do four dinners a week and negotiate more. Mama needs an allowance of four grand. And if you're good looking and you're really coming to the table, a lot of things, guys will start to message and go from there. There are over 3 million users worldwide on on SeekingArrangements.com. Dang. Since 2015, the number of sugar daddies has increased by 33%. And the number of sugar babies has increased by 54%. We have a little more babies than some daddies out on the internet. And on the site, an average num- like average age for a sugar daddy is 38, and they make about $250,000 annually. Can I stop you? Yes. I'm surprised that that is the average age. Uh-huh. I would have expected it to be much older yep. because I, I would if, – if 38 is the average, that means there's guys in their even 20s that are on there in, uh-huh. in big numbers yeah. being sugar daddies. I think a lot of the times, you know, and we've listened, these guys have a great life. They're international travelers. But you know what? Every now and then they have a gala they have to go to at work, and they don't have time to really nurture a relationship. But they got $1,000, and they can buy you a pretty dress and get on my arm. I want to go to this gala and look good for my coworkers yeah. and have it be on the up and up. Now, here's what I thought was a little crazy, too. The average age for a sugar baby is 25. I thought that oh. was going to be a lot younger. I thought so, too. And on average, they make about $2,800 a month from their sugar daddies. Now, you might have multiple sugar daddies. Depending you might on your just have one. It really depends. But on average, they all have said they make about $2,800 a month. Okay. And I just thought that was that was an older number than I was expecting. <laughs> I was expecting these sugar babies to be, I mean, at 25, listen, you can still be a hot young thing at 25. I still wasn't doing my makeup correctly at 25, <laughs> and I had like a nine to five so, job. I know, but the world is like different now. It like, is. 13-year-olds aren't going through like the weird, awkward phase we went through. They blow so. up at 12 yes. and don't have... The deep-seated issues that we're all still working out with our no. braces and... Us Xennials were, were, were not being... Um, at least you and I from, like, smaller towns up north, we were not being bred towards no. sugar baby dumb in well, our early years. So speaking of the breeding kind of thing... Ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah. There is... I know, that sounds gross. So sorry, guys. <laughs> this is going to get weird. Just, like, buckle up. This is always Pour yourself weird. a glass of wine. Yeah. Hi, it's Podcast Rewind. Just we put, get weird. That's our new tagline. Yeah. <laughs> Screw be kind and rewind. We, we get, get weird. weird. Um, 
So there is a fee to be part of SeekingArrangements.com. For the babies? Yes. For the babies and guys. I had always heard that for the babies it's free. For the guys they have to pay to kind of prove yes. that they have some income. So it's about $2,500 a year for the men because they do have to prove their income. But um, for the sugar babies, you can have a free membership. And I didn't, I didn't go to the website because I didn't need to. I don't know what a membership looks <laughs> Erica, like. It's for the research of the show, man. We're not LLC'd. I'm not getting that money back. <laughs> um, but if someone's a lawyer and wants to help us LLC, we will take that. PodcastRWD at gmail.com. Don't worry. It's only a little weird. It's only a little weird. So there's a Sugar Baby University segment of SeekingArrangements.com. I, can, I cannot make it stop. Okay, this is what Brandon wanted. So if you sign up with your .edu school email address, which, by the way, is so fucking creepy that your your, your school server is going to see that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's going to go back to oh, that yeah. email. That's yeah. so creepy. But so if you sign up through the Sugar Baby University and basically say that your arrangement is you want your tuition paid, your room and board, you get your membership for free. Then they have, like, social events in, like, the bigger cities, like New York, Austin, Chicago. Or hotbed like Orlando. Or hotbed like Orlando. They'll have mixers, basically, where people from SeekingArrangements.com will come and kind of host a happy hour for this Sugar Baby University and help the girls, from a safety perspective, too, how to really weed out the guys, how to set up an arrangement, what happens if you're getting creeped out, or... If a girl comes to you and says, this guy says he's met you before. We're furls. This is weird. It's it's not real estate, but it is, it's a transaction. Well, it is so very transactional. And, you know, again, like, we have talked about sex work on this show before. And, like, the kind of, like I said, the wink and nod towards the sugar baby, sugar daddy arrangement is that, you know, it's above board because they say it's not prostitution yeah. because you're not trading money for sex. What they are saying, clearly, Mm -hmm. is that the men are paying for the woman's, you know, time and companionship, but if two consensual adults decide to have sex, then that may happen. But, you know, so we listen to a lot of podcasts, both of us, about sugar babies, from sugar babies, by sugar babies, and, I mean, it's pretty clear to us that sex is definitely part of the negotiation. Hello, baby podcast. She just jumped on the podcast, people. Okay, get down, you little asshole. Anyway, you had more stats, didn't you? Tell me more. (laughs) Well, so here, quickly, I did get the top ten cities for sugar daddies. Okay. Especially if you're looking for a sugar daddy who kind of clocks in at the millionaire perspective. So we've got cities such as Washington, Austin, L.A., Vegas, and here's where it gets interesting. Coming in at number five, Orlando, Florida. Hello, hometown. Hello, town. Every five. Let's not celebrate. <laughs> so for every thousand men in this city, 4.1 are probably a millionaire sugar daddy. Okay. And it is one of the most preferred cities for sugar daddies to live in. We're talking the golf courses, the theme parks, the entertainment, the nightlife, Sand Lake, Dr. Phillips. Other cities include Boston, Tampa, which is just, just down, down the road. The road. Yeah, yeah. Um, San Francisco, one in 20 men seek a relationship as a sugar daddy. 
not one in twenty. Not, not to be 20. stereotypical about San Francisco, but do you think there might be sugar babies of the male variety in San Francisco, or maybe even here in Orlando? We're pretty, you know, um, LGBTQ friendly for sure. But this really did not have any kind of. Yeah, they're probably not studying that. But I have to imagine those arrangements do exist. Yeah, I'm also thinking from a San Francisco perspective. We're talking about a lot of you know tech guys True. who are working True. twenty hours a day. Want you know a pretty thing on their arm every now and then and can give them a Louis Vuitton and move on. But let's stop and acknowledge that not all sugar daddies are unmarried. No. They are not all That's very men. true. That is very true. And again, depending on your arrangement and the negotiations of it, it may be one that you can go out in public and spend time together yeah. or it may be a little bit more private because the, the man may not be able to be as public about it. And when we get into the pods we listen to, all sugar babies aren't necessarily single either. They are not. I mean, one of the first pods I started listening to was the Sugar Baby Confessionals. Yes. And this was a two and I a half year too. journey. Yes. So this woman, Sarah May from Australia, went on. One of her friends, Ruby, who's married, really just felt the need to explore this sugar baby lifestyle. And, and that not was with her husband. Yeah, that was really fascinating. And confusing at the same time. You know, it really was. I listened to several episodes as well. And funny enough, I think you and I both listened to the first couple and the last couple. Mm -hmm. So we have the, it's a 16 part podcast. And so we kind of bookended ourselves into Ruby's story. Uh Um, I'm not sure I like who Ruby is as a person. That gives, that's zero judgment against the choices that she made. She just drives me a little bonkers. She was the kind of person, I was telling Amy about this earlier, and I want to bring you guys in to understand who she is. She is the kind of person that pronu- like pronounces words with an accent when it's not necessary. Like She'd be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so, and I decided to have a menace de trois. I, I was like, no. <sighs> okay, Giada, go back. Right. I mean, I know Medical, Giada does that, that Italian, Like, it's so words. annoyed. It's like, you're so pretentious. Please calm down. <laughs> it's just, stop it. Stop it. Yes. Um, okay, so... Like we said, we listen to a lot of podcasts. Do you have more that you we need to know about? Sugar yeah. Babies? So this, like we said, the Sugar Baby Confessional one with Sarah May was mm-hmm. almost documentary as she really yeah. gave it a lot of insights and really delves deep into her friend Ruby. Another one, kind of the same, but not. Um, if one was like the Veuve Clicquot of Champagne, this one might have been the Andre. Yeah. It'll do the job. It'll get you drunk. But it just didn't have that finesse. It's going to so, leave a, a bad feeling in your stomach. It's going to have a taste in your mouth. Candy Girl. Yes. It's another podcast we listen to. And the host, who I don't know if she ever really shared her name. Shelby. Shelby, thank you, is interviewing her friend Amelia, who is a sugar baby in college in the Austin area in Texas. And, and I hate Amelia. She's the worst. She had so much information for us, but... She would not stop saying things like, ah, I mean, like, what the fuck? Why would, why wouldn't he pay for me? Like, ah. And I was like, well, because of that, first of all, yeah, who you are as a person. She's also, a major difference between the two of them, too, is Amelia is 20 and going to school. Ruby is, I don't think she gave her age, but she's got to be around 30, if not a little yeah. bit older, married with two toddlers at home. Yeah. So, very different walks of life, for sure. Uh, I would say Amelia is probably the more typical sugar baby that you would find on Seeking Arrangements. She goes in on the very first episode and explains how one of her girlfriends shared that she was a sugar baby, made $4,000 a month, and never had sex. And she was like, sign me up. 
And I was I, like, I can't lie that 20-year-old Erica wouldn't be like, well, I can do it. Yeah, I mean, I could go out four nights a week for basically $1,000 a pop to be fed dinner, yeah. given champagne, and then a peck on the cheek at the end of the night. Uh, baby Amy would have gone for that as well. Right? And the major difference between her and Ruby is Ruby definitely has this deep-seated interest to help other people find their pleasure. Mm-hmm. So she talks a lot and in a very highfalutin, like, <laughs> psychological, like, way. Anthropological. Anthropological. Though, you know, she took, like, a lit class in college, and that's all she's ever done. <laughs> I really have anthropology and psychology. But she talks about how, you know... Oftentimes these men get, you know, this pleasure sensation of providing gifts and she wants to help these men find their happiness and pleasure. And I was like, oh, okay. I okay. just agree to disagree, Rubes. But Amelia is in this for the kashish. She and sure she is. shares with us a lot about how when she started her profile on SeekingArrangements.com that it was like, hey, I'm hot, I'm young, I'm not going to fuck you. And one guy finally was like, Toots, none of us are going to ever email you with that kind of profile. You need to be a little cool about it. And so in the first couple episodes, we hear her really trying to find a true sugar daddy. At one point in time, she just realizes she's just dating a dude who's kind of cheap for a couple of dates. And is like, (laughs) he wouldn't even buy me a pack of cigarettes. He made me go bum one off the street. She was like, I don't Which is classy. And you do you, girl. But like, yeah, no, that man's not going to pay your rent. No. And so, you know, you're really getting a completely different perspective of this sugar baby world. She's so young. She's learning. You know, at one point in time, she's upset with a sugar daddy who doesn't want to be with her anymore. But she left her charger at his house and she has to go back and get it. But to chargers, $10, go to Walgreens, move on, leave him behind. That is some classic 20-year-old stage five clinger behavior. It is. And, you know, I think it goes to show, too, how... You know, especially women of that age are probably not really emotionally mature enough a lot of times. And I say this without judgment. I'm talking about from like almost a scientific perspective that our lobes, like our brain, yeah. isn't really fully formed till you're 24. No. And that's a very maybe that's why the average age is 25, right? <laughs> well, maybe so. I mean, that's a very emotionally complicated yes. situation to wade through. I think especially for a female because let's face it, we catch feelings through our vaginas. Uh-huh. As for much sure. as we want to all be the cool girls and like I can be in a casual relationship and not get you know attached if we're being intimate mama with a husband I'm a fucking liar (laughs) when I say that shit you know I so for especially for a young girl I mean uh, I'm sure that there are people I don't want to use the word callous but maybe people who can compartmentalize yeah and dissociate differently or disassociate and um you know, well, and look at a, maybe a true sex worker. Yes. I think that they, you know, somebody who's, I would say, successful yep. in the sex work industry, if they are, again, if they're not being sex trafficked and they're there of their own accord consensually, you know, then they must be able to disassociate and compartmentalize differently. But I think a girl who's 20 who also has money on the line here, like, you know, a sugar daddy breaking up with a sugar baby must be devastating because I don't think you're emotionally mature enough to really sort those feelings out. And on top of that, goodbye to your money. Yeah, it's truly transactional. I read a great BuzzFeed article today where the writer was interested in the whole world of sex working and had done a piece about sex workers 
S-cords, but then really wanted to dive deep to understand the concept of a sugar baby. So went on to seeking arrangements, met with a couple guys at bars, and the poor thing, you could just tell in reading, you know, this isn't what she wanted to do. She was really trying to, like, do the research. She did it better than I did. I mean, she went to the website. <laughs> she put some skin in she the game. She put some skin in the game. And said, like, Maybe you not know, literally like, No, like she said none of that happened. But within, like, five minutes of meeting one guy, she was like, I wanted to throw up, like, what he was laying down on the table. And then another guy she met with who just really explained that the difference is that he could get an escort for the night and, you know, give her $500, but he's paying her to do a job in the bolt. Mm-hmm. He's like, I want to give you $4,000 because I want to know I can have you whenever that you spend the night with me. You can't, I'm not paying you to do a transaction in bolt yeah, and not leave. I think that's an interesting point because as much as I want to think about the, you know, psychology of, of the girl that can put herself in this position to, you know, date for money and, or even kind of be kind of partaking in sex work if she is having sex and if that's an expectation of her sugar daddy, I do also wonder about these men who are the sugar daddies because I think it is easy enough for any man who's looking for uh, to pay for a quick lay to go do that. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, you could probably even get somebody a little more higher class if you have the money, but what is it that interests them in going after a sugar baby who you do create more of a relationship with in the sense that you take them out on dates? So you've got to talk to them for at least a few hours, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think with a, an escort or a, a sex worker, it's a very one-time only situation if the sugar daddy or, I mean, if the John, I guess, in that situation would want it to be. I think we all know that sex workers have a a set of regulars usually, but there's no contract there. The difference with the sugar daddy and sugar baby relationship is, is not legally, it's a relationship, but it's also contractual, even though not legally, because you can't do that. There is, again, the arrangement. So he will, you know, the sugar daddy is investing into ongoing time and energy and money into her. And in return, she is required to invest her time and like emotional, you know, she has to fulfill his emotional and potentially physical needs. Yeah. I mean, I will say a lot of this in that when you talk about like that emotional needs and stuff like that, a lot of this conversation came back from a podcast you brought up back in the spring. Um, the I don't get it podcast with, uh, well, it's Ashley, Ashley Iconetti Iconetti from the Bachelor and her Universe. sister. And then one of their producers from like the bachelor Nas mm-hmm. and episode 72 was all about sugar daddies. And you brought this up and it was so fascinating. It's a great episode. This girl really found herself in a sugar daddy relationship. She was just, at a baseball game by herself because she loves baseball, you know, just was talking to a guy in line and he was like, oh, maybe we can, you know, hang out at a game in a couple weeks. She's like, great. And we texted. We'd go to a game here and there. And then it devolved into nice fancy dinners or, oh, you want to go to Cancun with your friends? Here's a couple grand. Or I'm coming back into town. Can we have a nice night out? But true relationship from a I mean, it sounded like the dream of a sugar daddy, sugar baby relationship. There was no anything else involved. Physically, you yes, mean. Yes, of course. Well, what was interesting about that, too, it's, you know, the I Don't Get It podcast invited listeners to call in, and they had uh, two different sugar babies call in. But this this girl that you're referencing, first of all, she didn't go onto a seeking arrangement nope. and look for this on purpose. And secondly, you know, 
it was a very weird sugar baby daddy relationship because she didn't really give him a whole lot of sugar. And she said, you know, that she just wasn't physically attracted to him. He was older than her. He was not physically attractive to her. But she did feel like in her heart an emotional attachment to him. And he clearly must have had a very strong attachment to her because he paid for he paid her bills he paid her gym membership yeah. he took her on he took her to the world series because yeah. they were both the baseball fans but according to her no physical line was ever crossed so i actually kind of but she also talked about oh i was about to say that I, as she was telling the story, is kind of getting mad at her. Like this girl is using this man. She's not it a sugar baby. To feel like that. She's a user. But then she goes on to say that she is so emotionally attached to him and is truthy, truthful about the fact that she's attached to his money. Mm-hmm. And she goes to like a six hundred dollar gym in the city, which she could never afford on her own. I think she no. was a student. Yeah. And says, you know, if he were to meet a woman organically and have an actual relationship and and leave her, she would be emotionally devastated by his loss and she also couldn't afford her lifestyle anymore. No. So she realizes one day, she kind of wakes up and realizes, oh shit, I'm a sugar baby. Yeah. But I think she's probably the, unless she's lying, yeah. she's the only sugar baby that's not put now. I agree. And you, she did talk about how she kind of realized she was a sugar baby after a while because her friends would be like, I see you're getting gifts and all this stuff. I'm like, really? Nothing? You're not? Are well, you sure? Because she wouldn't tell her friends parents for a lot. Yeah. or her friends about him, but she would show up to dinner with like a new Louis Vuitton. Yeah. And her friends are like, you're on financial aid to go to college. Where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. And she would lie. She would, she did, I think she made up a lie to her family that she had a boyfriend who yes. was rich, which is another kind of angle about all of this sugar baby stuff and like the lines and how blurry they are between a sex worker, somebody who, I mean... And a lot of these sugar daddy and sugar baby relationships, it's a, it's it's sex work, but yeah. we're just calling it something else. There are some of these emotionally unattached transactional relationships. It may or may not include sex. And then I kind of think to myself, what's the difference between a girl who just is emotionally attached to her boyfriend, but he's rich and pays all of her bills. You know, I brought up the, when we were talking about it before we got on the mic, if you watch Vanderpump Rules, look at Lala. She's dating a man much older than her, not conventionally attractive. She's stunning. Yes. But she claims to be emotionally attached to him and in love with him. They're engaged to be married. She's always claimed to, to love him. But that man pays for everything. Got a private jet. She's got a Range Rover that he pays for. Uh huh. And all the purses, all the makeup. I, I mean, mean, listen, everything she wants. Marrying up isn't a bad goal to it's have, not. but and she's also significantly younger than he is. And that's so, where that's. I mean, if she was four years fuzzy. younger, you'd be like, "Oh, okay. good for you, Lala or Lollers." But yeah, she's about half his age. Exactly. So I mean, I'm not calling Lala a sugar baby, no. nor to am I shading any sugar baby. No. I mean, you do you, but I'm just nice fascinated. Get it? I'm just fascinated. You know, it's like this girlfriend who's just pampered. Yeah, and you know, this girl who's making this choice to to get money, and and then like moving on to sex work. It feels like such a blurry line between the three, doesn't it? 
I think it all is. And I think that that's what we noticed when we were listening to a variety of these shows that, you know, we have the girl from I Don't Get It who found herself into this situation really organically, which must have been how it was back in the day, the 1920s, when this term was coined. And then we've got Amelia who really came Uh, into it for the money, for the, you know, luxuries, if you will, and for her phone charger. And then Ruby, who we find out at the end of the Sugar Baby Confessions that, you know, maybe she's just polyamorous and she needed to dip her toe in that water by doing this Sugar Baby aid. And it's like, we just saw a variety of different women getting into it for so many different reasons. There's not just one reason to become a sugar baby. And again, I say this without judgment, but Ruby from the podcast, The Sugar Baby Confessionals, at the end of the day is a sex worker, in my kind of opinion. Yeah. Because, you know, it's interesting how she gets into it to kind of go back into her story a little bit more. You know, when she she goes into her own backstory. So when she was younger, she was, um, you know... Kind of, she was, yeah, she was sexually confused, or not confused, abused. but abused, yes, <laughs> true. But she also, when she became an adult, you know, she was fluid about having relationships with women, mm-hmm. having relationships with men. Then she met her now husband, who she calls her famous, her favorite, favorite person. person, an FP for short. So she, we never find out her husband's first name, and Ruby is an alias for her, I believe. Mm-hmm. But she continually talks about FP and how... They have a very healthy marriage. Yeah. They wake up every day and affirm to one another that they are in love and they are each other's number one priority, but that at some point, you know, they had, they had both very sexually, um, open and they had had like a menage a trois, a fucking threesome. Let's call it a threesome. They had a threesome in in their relationship with another man and she really liked it and kind of told her husband, I actually think I'm polyamorous. So within their marriage, they opened up and they both were able to date other people. And to your, what you were saying earlier about how she just felt like she had love to give and she loved to make people happy and she loved to bring men joy by them being able to have sex with her because and give her gifts and give her gifts and all that. And so then she kind of related into or parlayed, I should say, into finding out about the sugar baby world and saying, well, if I'm going to go out on dates with other men and that's allowed in my relationship. Why would I not get paid for it? Yeah. So she started advertising herself on a sugar baby website and started meeting her boyfriends that way. So, it's okay. So, like, if you look at an Amelia, she doesn't seem to be sexually curious in all of no, this. No, in fact, she she's, talks about how she doesn't really like sex, right? And which she, is weird for a twenty-year-old right. in college to say. But she understands that she can charge more money yep. for her uh, arrangement if, on the oink oink nod nod side, she's putting out. Yeah, you know, it's it's transactional to her. Whereas Ruby is in it for the sex. Yeah. And for the emotion. She yeah. talks about one man specifically who she met through the Sugar Daddy um, website who she claims that the two of them fell in love and that they were together for nine to ten months. She calls him the Brit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, FP, her husband, was fine with it. And then one day the Brit decides to end it and she was heartbroken. And you hear her in, like, episode 15 and 16 of the Sugar Baby Confessionals podcast just openly heartbroken yeah. about the loss of this man who at this point did was not her sugar dad anymore was was her boyfriend outside of her marriage 
but he was still paying her this mm-hmm. allowance. So, but to me, when she entered all of that, she was halfway between just being polyamorous and figuring out how to get paid for it. And to me, that feels like sex work. Yeah. It, Again, without judgment. Without judgment and with all of her anthropological reasons of why it was all okay, I do think that, you know, people in those situations find ways to explain it away and why it's okay. And if, Rube, that works for you by all means. But I think it was just so fascinating. We found three podcasts and got so many different kinds of levels that, you know, when you see a sugar baby and a sugar daddy out in the world, gosh, you really don't know how that went down with that transaction. You know what you're looking at. Yes. You know what you are looking at. And if you always. haven't seen it, you guys, just keep your eyes peeled the oh, next yeah. time you're at a fancy wine bar. Yes. Girl is disinterested in her phone. Guy is pawing all over her. He wants her attention. Brings better bottles to the table. I mean, it is the best people viewing you can find. Now, we're saying, I guess we could really only point out the Amelia type in a crowd. Or maybe even the Lala type, even though yeah. Lala is in love with her her husband or fiancé. But, like, that Ruby situation, if I saw her out with the Brit, I may not know. Because yeah. she claims that they were in love. They were saying, I love you. She and called herself a sugar baby, but I just, other than the money, don't know how much yeah, I, I considered she... her to be a sugar baby. I think that, you know, her buddy Sarah May got a little hosed by creating this podcast about sugar babies. But in, instead got this, you know, like, podcast documentary about this woman coming into her own as being polyamorous. Yeah. And... Or like a left of what we would say conventionally is normal in a relationship. Yeah. Love story. Yeah. And love and heartbreak, which is not new to any of us, right? Yeah. But so, at the end of the day, Amy and I are not your typical age of a sugar baby, but we wondered... We're a little past 25. We're a little past 25. I mean, I get carded a lot. Hair flip. <laughs> and we Insert hair flip. do live in, you know, uh, a sugar baby hotbed in Orlando. So we thought it, it might be kind of fun yeah. to wrap up this convo and take a little online quiz to find out if we're cut out to be sugar babies. Yes. Yeah. I right, think I already know the answer, but let's play. I know. Me too. Okay. Let's play. Amy. Yes. Why are you choosing sugar dating over traditional dating? Because you're broke and need money, because you're tired of dating broke guys, because you want someone to invest in your business, podcast rewind, or because you want to experience an elevated level of dating. I would want to make money off it, so I'm going to go see. Yes. Or you want to invest in your business. Right. Yeah. Or my business being, you know, me buying groceries every week. Always. What are your goals from sugar dating? You want to date someone who can offer you knowledge and experiences that you can't get from traditional dating. You want someone to pay your bills so you don't have to work. You want to use sugar dating to invest in yourself and future plans. Or you just want to have fun and get cash. You know, at this point in my life, I'd go with D. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's have fun. Take right. me to Paris. <laughs> are you comfortable? How comfortable are you when talking about your needs? You're comfortable talking about your needs only if someone else brings them up. You're comfortable bringing up your needs even if it hasn't been brought up previously. You can't talk about your needs freely to anyone, or you're not comfortable talking about money or things that I would want from an arrangement. Ooh. I would go with A. Same. Yeah. They've got to bring it up first, but then I'll fucking tell you what I want. Yeah. Are you confident in yourself and what you can bring to a sugar relationship? Ooh. I know I'm a catch. If a P.O.T. can't see that, it is his loss. What's a P.O.T.? I don't know. We're too old Person of... Person of... Transaction? (laughs) Pot. Potential other... Okay, keep going. Okay. I've got a couple of things that set me apart from other people. 
I'm not sure what I have to offer, or I know that what I have to offer and consistently strive to better to better myself. Gonna be honest, you're a ghosty. <laughs> you're not sure what you have to offer. <laughs> I gotta I'm be honest. Said I've got a couple of things that set me apart from other people. All right, we can choose D if you want. We're taking this together. I know. How do you differentiate between a sugar baby and an escort? Ooh, okay, great. Yes. Okay, here we go. Escorts advertise on escort sites, and sugar babies are on seeking arrangement. There is no difference between a sugar baby and an escort. Escorts are sex workers. Sugar babies are gifted there in relation. Are gifted there in. This is not correct English. Sugar (laughs) babies are gifted in their relationships. Escorts are paid for sex. Sugar babies are paid for companionship. Well, by definition, I go with D. Are you comfortable dating in unconventional situations? For example, age differences, open relationships, attached partners. No. I need someone similar in age with a similar dating mindset. I know what I want in dating and would only pursue POTS if I'm comfortable with what they expect. I understand that sugar daddies are on seeking arrangement because they don't want traditional relationships, and I'm okay with that. Or maybe I'm open to age differences or non-traditional dynamics even though I haven't been in them before. Okay, I'm talking about love, then, yes. you know, but if I'm talking about sugar daddies, I'm going with D. All right, Amy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are we? You are possibly not made for sugar. Oh, shit. <laughs> Everyone has the potential to have amazing sugar relationships. Fuck. Part of the appeal of sugar babies is that they are confident and in it for more than money. You are uncomfortable with unconventional relationships and find it hard to talk about what you need. It might not be for you. Try taking some time to up your confidence. Figure out your boundaries and goals. <laughs> then you should be able to rock the sugar bowl. Yeah, I'm not sharing those results on Facebook. My mom's no. going to have made follow-up questions for me. But okay, so now we know. Now we know. We aged out. It's, it's not for us. We are still willing to marry up for love and money. <laughs> totes. Yes, no. And doesn't mean that I cannot be fascinated by this whole underworld. Oh, I continue to be fascinated and I continue to point them out when I see them in the wild. <laughs> okay, Amy, that was so crazy to listen back to that episode. Um, oh I continue to remind myself, I am not a sugar baby. Well, the test told us the so. The test told us so. So, guys, we hope you enjoyed listening back to Sugar Sugar. Oh, honey, honey. A rewind. So, um, if you hadn't heard that before, I uh, hope that was new and enlightening. <laughs> and that you're... Hear it again. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, We're going to continue on this summer just chilling and having a blast. We're going to bring you some new shows. We're going to bring back some other classic rewinds. Um, So until then, don't forget we're still alive on social media. Come over to Instagram at PodcastRWD. We're the same on Twitter, or you can drop us a line on Facebook. Um, Y'all, you know, drink up, stay chill, stay cool this summer. Stay hydrated. Stay sunscreened, but most importantly, guys, at the end of the day, no matter what you do, we got to ask you to do one thing. Stay kind. And rewind. Bye, Bye. y'all.